This is Jeff Combs. You're listening to Nightmare Junket. Get a job at a sideshow. Out of your consciousness, like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that appreciates any bookstore that has a back room with a beaded curtain. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, our celebration of all things silent and deadly finds us getting wild and weird (laughs) as we welcome Hollywood royalty into the series and talk Silent Night, Deadly Night 4... The initiation. And whether you've spontaneously combusted or not, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your duh hole. And if you are dying out around <laughs> on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and giant grub shenanigans. And as this episode is going to be releasing on Friday, December 16th, if you find yourself in the Kansas City area, uh, head on over to Screenland.com where you will find they will have your grubby shenanigans taken care of indoors and virtually. And the Friday this episode is releasing, genius. Ooh. Our latest, our latest Friday Night Fright. We're definitely bringing out the beaded curtain for this one. And the the thing is, though, should we? Because technically, we've never seen the movie. We've never seen it, but it's brought to you by our friends at Vinegar Syndrome. So by reputation alone, we're going to need to break out the beaded curtain. And we're going to be watching for the first time Don't Open Till Christmas, which just got put out by Vinegar Syndrome. I have a feeling... If it's a good viewing, I'll probably go buy it. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's Vinegar Syndrome. It's either wonderfully trashy or <laughs> trashily wonderful. Well, and so... They just released uh, Roadhouse. Yeah. Uh, I I still have yet to watch Cloak and Dagger. I mean, they are class... Man. Cloak and Cloak Dagger? Cloak and Dagger. Some Dabney Coleman goodness. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I'm looking forward to that. But from what I understand, it's kind of a flip the script on the Killer Santa movie. It's mm-hmm. about instead of about a Killer Santa, it's about a Santa killer. We're all for it. Mm-hmm. We, we've seen a lot of subversions right. of the Killer Santa. We're all for equal opportunity. So let's go. We've seen Killer Santas. Let's see a Santa killer. Well, last week we had Killer Robot Santas. To this week, people killing Santas. Mm-hmm. To our next Friday Night's Fright, which has the Gene Shallot. Santa Claus, mm-hmm. <laughs> the 1974 <laughs> Bob Clark classic, Black Christmas. Oh, we're going to get snackered. Hello. Hello. It's such a warm movie. It's such a cold movie, and it's the perfect film. It's going to be playing on the 23rd, so we're right before Christmas. It's the perfect film to watch in the theater with us. Mm-hmm. Hope to see you out there. Oh man, just for just for <laughs> Barb's performance alone, oh. and just for the sweater and Mrs. Mack. Oh, this is such a good movie. It's <laughs> so good. <laughs> Please come out and join us now. It's not Christmas till Billy goes. 
<laughs> and of course, uh, Officer Nash. Uh, it's not dirty. It's isn't dirty, it? ain't it? <laughs> it's so good. And it's the so Bob, cool. a Bob Clark Christmas movie. The, this the first Bob Clark Christmas movie. Why we? You know what? Shutter. TNT has 24 hours of a Christmas story. We there need 24, 24 hours, hours of Black Christmas. Yes. Yep. And that's the best. That's the best bar bet that you'll win. That Bob Clark has two Christmas classics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he also did Porky's. Yeah. Let us not forget. <laughs> Bob Clark is a treasure. A Canadian treasure. Now, the other repertory screenings that are happening uh, the weekend of the 16th, uh, and speaking of Christmas traditions, this is one I saw in the theater with both my parents. And let's just say the scene where old Clark is uh, working with Mary in the department store. And Mary coming out of the swimming pool. I'm the one way. You see, Russ, no lines at all. Yeah, Dad, that's great. And it's good Awkward. Titbit nipply. Oh, uh, good t- Lord. The log of the fight. Not that I got a log. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wonderful. <laughs> why, why is this carpet wet, Todd? I, I don't, don't know, know Margo. Margo. <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So good. So Another good. one that. And let me just say this, uh, my my dad recently did pass, and one of the things that I hold just a, a fond memory is not only seeing the movie there with him again with both my folks, but the movie had such a lasting effect that it was one of those that we watched every Christmas, but the Christmas after that, my dad dressed up in this white shirt with the black dicky underneath that was showing <laughs> a la cousin eddie wonderful i've got to find the picture somewhere and it was just one of those things he just he loved that he introduced me to uh speaking of national lampoon national lampoon's animal house uh-huh and do you remember uh hollywood nights i know of it okay you should check it out it's uh, my, you know i had my long list of mom movies but i actually had my list of dad movies as well and it's just one of those fond memories. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing that one again. I love that. I love how like certain movies remind of people and memories and things like that. It's a wonderful thing. Like we all, like we always say on the show, making memories. Yeah, you know, and that's cool. And Christmas Vacation is perfect because that's one of the few movies that like that I adore that like I could watch with everybody in the normies and all that kind of stuff. Cause I can't say, Hey, Merry Christmas. Here's Santa's sleigh. Right. right. As much as I want to, Hey, here's bad Santa. Right <laughs> yeah. now with certain crowd, but with everybody, Hey, Christmas vacation. Cool. You know? And, and there's a scene that consistently always brings a tear to my eye, no matter how many times I see it. And it's the scene where he's in the attic mm-hmm. and watching. he's watching the old thing and he's yep. remembering and the old Ray Charles oh. song is in the background. And I'm thinking, you know, as the older I get, the more I like treasure those memories and like think back of like Christmas times and like stuff like that. So like it hits it, it, it hits harder every year because yep. it hits different yep. every year. And that's the cool thing about movies that we watch consistently that are in a rotation. No matter how many times we've seen it and love it, there's something new and unique and something more special, a new memory attached to that movie. There's no better viewing partner than experience. Yeah. It works really well. You know what a movie I haven't experienced that much, Genius? Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, the first time I ever watched it was uh, for a... Oh God! It was one of the what did they call them it, at the Alamo when we, it was interactive? The movie parties. Movie parties. Yeah, it was, it was very simple. Uh, this will be a uh, only like my second time of taking in John Favreau's 
Elf. Oh, I love that. I hosted many of those. Speaking of R.I.P., the movie parties, mm-hmm. but with Christmas Vacation and Elf, we used to do, we used we to have- uh, busy. Oh, man. We used to uh, shoot uh, marshmallows into people's mouths, and like I would see who could catch the most to win prizes and shit. Because, you know, I'm all about like- Goofy games and making people jump through hoops to win shit. Weird degradation. Yeah, you know. So, of course, uh, there was one time where I made everybody play Chubby Bunny. What is Chubby Bunny? Chubby Bunny was um, where you shove things in the mouth, uh, marshmallows, and try and say Chubby Bunny. But there was one time it was fucking gross. It was fucking gross. This one was not my idea. This one was corporate sponsored. Okay. I remember this one too. Oh God. Mm -hmm. So there's a scene in elf where he's talking about the four food groups, right? And he pours syrup all over spaghetti. So in their infinite wisdom, they decided to, uh, pull out a whole bunch of spaghetti, cook a whole bunch of spaghetti. And instead of spaghetti sauce, they put uh, syrup on Mm -hmm. it. Right. And then, they gave everybody lukewarm Coke, like a, a a big, big, like a pitcher, right? And so I said, hey, we're going to need some yak buckets here just <laughs> in case. And they're like, oh, that's a good idea. And I'm like, fucking that's a fuck, should have been number one, right? But at the same time, all right, let's do this. So, all right, I, I, I had two trivia questions. They're something stupid, mm. like, right? And... um. So two people came down, and then here comes the food, right? And I said, okay, if you have a sensitive stomach, this – because I would always warn people, like, okay, this is a physical challenge. Or Let like, them know what they're getting into. Right, or this – go like because I had people do dance-offs. I had people do all – dance-offs at Black Swan. Maybe Shug not offs. the right, right? Right? <laughs> so, oh, fucking – the bring it on party was the best. So anyway, no. So, all right, so two people coming down. And I'm like, okay, you have the first person that can eat it and drink all of it, or at least 75%. The rules said all of it, but I was like 75% of everything, mm-hmm. right? And so, and then burp. Then you win the prize. And the prize was like, I don't know if it was like Mondo or if it was there like were a signed some poster. Primo prizes back then. It was a great day. prize. So that whenever it's corporate sponsored and there's a really good prize, there's always the uh, a really big challenge mm-hmm. so <laughs> so fortunately nobody yacked but at the same time it was so vile to just watch people just wharf down this horrid concoction of noodles and syrup and then wash it down with the coke now at a certain point they started adding m&ms on top of that Mm-hmm. To actually add tech, even more texture to mm-hmm. it at a certain point when I had to do it, and that, that was actually the one time I wasn't did that. that vile. Wasn't was that horrible. vile? I felt bad for every single person. Oh. Yeah. No, I was not having fun with that. Uh, now, did anybody movie, yak? No one yacked. No one yacked. Okay, I think somebody board. in the audience almost did when I was doing it. Were you egging them on in the microphone? I was trying not to. I was like, all right, everybody, cheer them up. <laughs> meanwhile, I'm like. The sweet D dry heat. <laughs> right, meanwhile, I'm trying not to like, because I don't know. I can handle guts and gore, but and I've been in some eating contests myself, but it's nothing been gross, you know? So it's just I'm sitting there like watching people just consume a lot of shit quickly and it's gross, which kind of ties into the movie that we'll be talking about later. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting it off as much as I can. 
Uh, a movie I was actually able to watch for the first time at Screenland, uh, one that is part of, I think, many a family's Christmas tradition. It's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. That's Which, a good movie. It was really good, funnier than I expected, darker than I expected. Uh, but SNL ruins this for me, though. I, and well, uh, beware, everyone. I actually, that's part of the pre-show <laughs> to that. For me. <laughs> Is it the, the ending with, yeah. Because yep. that's the ending I want. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the ending you need with that one. And then another one that is not a repertory screening, but a film that is Avatar Wow, World of Water. See it big, see it large, see it in theater one. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, if you're not in the Kansas City area and Screenland sounds pretty cool to you because gosh darn it, it is. Uh, well, you can help support them from afar. Uh, you can go to ScreenlandOnline.com, rent some films from them directly, or even better, become a member of their film family by going to Patreon.com slash Screenland. We're amongst the money perks. Genius and I, uh, we offer a little movie watch party mm-hmm. called the Shutter Shutout. And our next one is going to be falling. This is actually perfect. It's going to be on New Year's Eve, Ooh. Saturday, Ooh. December 31st. And we're going to be ringing in the New Year's with a double feature that is going to play, I think, at least interestingly, because technically both of them were kind of first time watches. Mm-hmm. They're uh, holiday themed. And we're going to be uh, celebrating Christmas with Joe Bigas's Christmas Bloody Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then closing out with the New Year's classic, Terror Train. I'm looking forward to Terror Train. First time watch for me. And me. I'm very much looking forward to that. Now, of course, both of those films are streaming on Shudder, but by joining the film family, you're going to have access to a genius, what do you call it? It's the home game. It is, as we provide a customized pre-show, a video introduction with Genius and myself, giving a little context to the films, customized trailer reels, and of course, post-film discussion, processing the movies that we're taking in, both technically kind of for the first time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if that sounds like something you'd be into, head on over to patreon.com slash screenland. But Genius, I'm talking uh, Patreon and film family. The bellies. We also are gathering, are are putting together a list of all of those that are nice. Mm -hmm. No naughty ones on this list. Uh, Well, but here's the thing. The ones that are on the list are wonderfully naughty. Nicely naughty. Nicely naughty. That we can appreciate. And guess what, genius? We're adding another name to the list. Hooray! Yes, indeed. And what's great was I always inquire, you know, thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoy the stuff. More importantly, you know, do you have anything to plug and promote? Mm -hmm. Uh, Shout out, anything? You know me. I'm an introvert. When I'm not on the podcast and on the microphone, do I talk a lot? No. I'm pretty minimal, right? Right. Always like Pants. Pants. <laughs> I like keeping it short and sweet when I can. Yes. So, Jacob, you rule because you nothing to plug or promote. And I always ask, what's a favorite horror film? In this case, I asked, what's a favorite holiday horror film? And he mentioned that he had just recently seen Anna and the Apocalypse. Ooh, that's yes. a good one. Which I saw for the first at the Draft House back Oops. in the day. Mm-hmm. I think we're at that same screening. I think Adrian we were. hosted it. Yeah, yeah. Because Emmy was right there with us. Mm-hmm. We. And you know what? Ideally, Jacob, hopefully we can bring that one back to Screenland. Maybe have a sing-along. Who knows? It's so warm and fun and funny, and the story behind it is heartwarming yet tragic. Uh, it's it's fan freaking 
fantastic. That's a good uh, one. Indeed. Now, it should be noted, at Jacob's tier. He's at the another place here, genius. Oh, yeah? Well, so. Jacob, you're fucking rad, man. Yes, they, he is. Welcome to the family. Yes, he is. Google Gobble. <laughs> Google Gobble. And as such, uh, he has access to all the commentaries, new horror episodes, of course, all the Shutter Shoutout stuff, and will be requesting for us to be talking a film in the month of January. <laughs> now, of course, if you'd like to have some of that action, that's really easy. Head on over to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead where we have just a lot of good stuff coming. A lot of good stuff coming up in 2023. Mm-hmm. And right off the bat, let's just say our new horror review. Oh, yeah, I'm excited for the new horror review. It looks red and I have not seen the new trailer. I'm avoiding the new trailer myself. I'm looking forward to it. Let's just say tiny terrors. Mm-hmm. And scurry is scary. And scurry is scary. <laughs> so genius. Uh, <clears throat> when we were talking about doing the entirety mm-hmm. of the silent night deadly night franchise uh-huh punish i i knew we were gonna go through some punishment uh-huh and not necessarily in a bad way in that kind of these are some fun movies to watch with a crowd uh watching a theater watch alone first timers a good kind of punish right oh yeah a good we, punishing again we've the naughty nice uh check me twice yeah comes into play <laughs> but I was knew we were going to be revisiting a few, revisiting a few of them, seeing a new one for the first time. So so far at this point, we we've talked Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two. Uh huh. Had a good time with it. Punish garbage day. All of that and then some. Mm-hmm. But that was one we had both watched before. We've seen it. We know we know what was coming. Knew what was coming into. So part three, I was excited for mm-hmm. because it was going to be a first time watch for both of us. Right. No clues. Doctor ASMR. No, not at all. Not right. at all. Now, it should be noted, Monte Hillman, the guy that directed it, I also recently, we when we talked about it on the episode, we had mentioned that he actually has like a long line mm-hmm. of work in Hollywood. Well, it just so happened the other night, I was trying to find something on Tubi. I should have to not Tubi on this one, but I was looking for a film that was at least 90 minutes and under because I was kind of not in a hurry by any means. Right, but. but... And I stumbled across a movie called Born to Kill. Now, Born to Kill, I'm only familiar with because it was part of a trailer compilation pack. It was um, Trailer Trauma 5, the 70s action one. Mm-hmm. Have you watched that yet? Mm-mm. Ooh, we'll have to bring that over. It's quite great. But nice, it starts nice, off nice. Uh-huh. with this trailer for it's called Born to Kill, and it's got the great trailer narration. Right. It's got Warren Oates in it, right? All this. <laughs> <laughs> but the best thing with the trailer trauma. Oh, Warren Oates. And Warren Oates <laughs> is they come with commentary tracks. So, of course, I listen to it. And it turns out this movie is an AKA movie. It's not only known as Born to Kill, but it's also known as Cockfighter. Because the movie is all about cockfighting. Well, guess what? In the trailer for Born to Kill, you can't it, you can't really tell that. No cockfighting. You see a lot of Warren Oates. You see a young Steve Rails back. Oh, really? Which was kind of rad. Huh. But then also, so I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to watch this just at least the first five minutes. Right. So... Rick Dalton moment number one happens when I see that Harry Dean Stanton is in this movie. No shit. 1973 Harry Dean Stanton, so he looks like he's in his you know 50s. Right. But he's, sure he's he still like, pretty gristled. Sure, he's like 23 at that point. <laughs> right. <laughs> Robert Earl Jones. Oh shit, Robert Earl Jones. Yes, is the next one, and he's got a nice role in this one. But here's the really, problem. there's no good people in this movie. Oh, it's it's about cockfighting. Yeah. Ed Begley Jr. 
Get the fuck out of town. Young Ed Begley Get Jr. the fuck out of town. So I'm like, holy shit, look at all this, these people. And then finally directed by Monte Hillman. I'm like, wait, is that the Silent Night, Deadly Night 3 guy? So I was like, well, shit, I kind of have to watch this movie. So I will say this. I did a lot of peripheral viewing with this movie because of the cockfighting. Mm-hmm. It's reprehensible. And it was filmed in Georgia legally at the time. So another time, another place. Warning, literally for that. But Monte Hellman, quite a filmography, <laughs> and quite a journey I took with that man's filmography, <clears throat> from from genre all stars. And you know what? You still kind of have genre all star with Bill Mosley, but at the same time, was there any like? I guess they were showing the cockfighting in real time. Yeah, there there was. We listen. We had fun with Silent Night, Deadly Night three. Is it one that I'm going to probably revisit again when it comes Christmas time? Probably not. I don't know if I am. Yeah, not in the same way. Not the same way that we would get to this one. This has been in a rotation because this is the second year in a row we've seen this one. And speaking of Shutter Shoutouts, it was part of the Shutter Shoutout we did in last December as we took in both Silent Deadly Night 4 and Mm 5. Both were first-time viewings for us. So these were the two that I was really excited to talk. Yes. But also really nervous to go back to because <laughs> both of these movies, you go on journeys. They are leaps and bounds different from everything we've seen Oh, before. my God. We are to- talking totally different, aesthetically different. And even four and five are different, vastly different from each other. Just beyond this is basically what halloween wanted to do but with christmas yep this is this is now moving on the anthology we're done with we're done with ricky and bobby now we might get a character by the name of ricky in our movie Mm -hmm. but i think the reason at least with silent night deadly night for the initiation the reason why i think is one of our favorites is the pedigree in the movie and we're talking in front of the screen behind the screen yes there's a lot of great genre talent collaborating in this absolutely there's a lot of like moving parts all working well together with this but what makes it unique and different and definitely going in the rotation is speaking of talent behind the camera we open up with like Directed by Brian Usna. Special effects by Screaming Mad George. Music by Richard Bann. And it's like, holy shit. First of all, you put Usna and Screaming Mad George in the same room together, and it's going to get gooey. Adrian Torres right now is twitching. It's going to get gooey, gooey, gooey. And then you add the, the weird ominously perfect music of Richard Band just adding that like not creep factor but just like unsettled yeah because then you also have their pretty much traditional uh, stylized intro behind the credits as well when we're getting the spirals mm-hmm. and you get that with reanimator you get that with almost pretty much anything Yuzna is either directing or producing because he is one of those that has a style oh yes and has a reputation <laughs> and it's a deserved reputation. <laughs> he delivers. Oh, he delivers. Because without Yuzna, I mean, you wouldn't have Reanimator. Right. 
you who knows what Stuart Gordon might be doing? Mm-hmm. Who knows what Herbert uh, uh, um, Richard Je- Jeffrey Combs? Yeah, Barbara Crampton. Uh-huh. So again, talk about pedigree. So he is seeped in the gooey, in the gooey, and, in, and then in of the course genre. you have his other stuff with society. Well, and that's the films he's directed. He had a three run, a three film run here that started with society. He then directed uh, Bride of Reanimator mm-hmm. and then went into Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. <laughs> like, that's not a bad three-film <laughs> no. run. No, and there's a running theme between all three movies, and that's slime. Slime and goo. And Meagle, what the, WTF? What the fuck is going on? Merry Christmas, I guess. Well, the best part a of- A very using a Christmas. Imagine if it was Claymation or like- Rankin and Basque presents Silent Night Deadly Night Four. <laughs> you technically don't 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 count it out. Don't discount I'm it. I'm Mr. Sleazemeister. I'm Mr. Fun. You know, just like <laughs> And the reason I think we can do that is because with this film, we veer so far off course. And let me just say no this No more killer Santas. You know what was really nice watching in this movie? Huh. Was no references no. to parts one or two. No. Three nothing. We it's yes. A, yes, it's yes. in there. But, but I mean they got they got tra- they got some traditions to hold. We didn't have to watch that scene, genius. No, no. But no. here's the thing. No more getting the finger. Well, I take that back. Oh no. Oh, oh no. People got the yeah. finger. <laughs> we get <laughs> but no more Adrian Verbo. We get multiple that scenes in this movie. <laughs> this there are multiple scenes that stand out where you go, what is happening? We're looking at each other going, wait. Did I remember watching this the first time? Like th- I think I think we were too dumbfounded by the literal bug fuckery that's going on in this movie. We didn't watch this the first time together, together. did we? Didn't. Uh-uh. No, we did not. Uh-uh. I'm, this is the second time we watched this, and there's scenes where my jaw is dropping, where I'm like, oh, I don't, re- oh, fuck. That's way more graphic than I expected. I remembered it to be. We open with some gymnastic sex in a dirty sleazy motel room see i think i was thrown off too much just by the image of clint howard in a dong gimp mask that it kind of not foreshadowed everything else but like if that's the opening salvo if you're like right like oh what what's uh silent night deadly night four about before we get even the opening opening fuck hardcore fuck scene right we're like well Clint Howard shows up naked with a uh, gimp mask that has a big dick attached to its nose, and he's in an orgy. Yeah, yeah we'll get we'll, we'll get we'll to get, we'll, get, we'll to, get to that scene. But oh, let's yeah. let's talk Clint Howard. We don't often get to talk about him, even though he is again seep in genre. I don't know. I think it's I don't I don't think we can say we don't talk about him. I don't think we get to talk a lot of major roles. But we've always we've true, every time he shows true. up. I mean the wraith. Mm. I mean, ice cream man. When we were doing our, tour, we, I don't think we've devoted. We probably could devote March Madness style episodes to Clint Howard. That's true. But at the same time, I don't think we've episode anything to him proper. And I'm gonna say this: uh, much like the guy that portrayed Ricky in Part Two made choices, and I actually think it's a pretty good performance. Same thing in this one. Yes. I think he's legit good in it. Uh-huh. And I think it's because of the fact that he is a good character actor. And whether whether or not he's in one of his big brothers or little brothers films, or, you know, Ron Howard, and that's the best part of any Ron Howard film is when you go, there's Clint. There's Clint. 
And Glenn Howard's not afraid to let his freak flag fly. He's not afraid to get creepy and oh. dirty and and just weird, you know. Because when we when he's we Glenn saw, Howard, we saw him in, in Evil Speak at Nerdoween. Mm-hmm. And if any of you start, if you have any Trekkies out there, I think when he was like he was like six. Yeah. And he portrayed the ha 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 guy. So I mean, from the get go, <laughs> and he's always been creepy. You know, he's I mean, he's he's <laughs> he's got a look. He's Let's just look. say that, and he makes it work. Oh hell's he yeah, he has. He makes it work, and so he's like, I'm "Let Glenn me, Howard, I want to do shit." Would he be in Calling All Creeps? Oh fuck yeah, dude! He'd be Bosley. <laughs> he'd be the Bosley character in Calling All Creeps. Creeps. He's like, "Hey, I know. Let's do a heist. I'm gonna invite all my friends." Right, he calls like all the old guard. He calls like Walkin. He calls in Crispin Glover, and then he loves and let's invite the kid. DJ Qualls comes in, right? <laughs> so like, yeah, there's a whole there's a whole laundry cavalcade. But uh, Richard Lynch is like the villain, right? So like, again, I'm subscribing to that newsletter. Yeah, so calling on creeps. He's the Bosley. Wait, and the fact that even MT- the MTV Music Awards at one point gave him an award, like a mm-hmm. lifetime, lifetime achievement, achievement award, because he's in all sorts of genre. No matter what type of movie you mm-hmm. like, he's been in there. If all you like is prestige Oscar-winning films, he's the, yeah. he's been in those. If you like B movie schlock, fucking, he's starred. He first credit, it's his movie. He knew what side his bread was buttered on, and he embraced it. Mm-hmm. And I. Here's my here's my question to you. Do you ever think Christmas time at the Howards has the family sat down and watched Silent Night, Deadly Night for the initiation? Oh, I bet with Bryce. Because Bryce is fucking cool. Yeah, she is. Bryce is gorgeous yeah, is and fr- cool. Yeah. Bryce is gorgeous and cool. Bryce is like fucking she's, rad. And she's been directing uh, some of the Mandalorian episodes. And yeah, and some uh, some of the um Oh God, I can't think of the other the Boba Fett ones. Yeah, and she's been doing some killer shit. So, so I'm do you, down for so I'm, anything Bryce does. I'm cool with. So has has Ron Howard watched it with Clint? Oh, I'm sure because Ron Howard's cool too. Yeah, First of all, Ron Howard start, start with Corman back in the day. Exactly, and Ron Howard's made horror, I mean, horror ish, but at the same time. Um, He's been on Arrested Development and The Simpsons, so he instantly has. (laughs) Oh, dude, my God, yeah, that's so. Of course, he's cool. I'm sure. Now, I, I'm sure maybe like not when Bryce was like four. No, no, no. But maybe when Bryce was like sixteen, seventeen, and like, hey, because then like, I kind of wanted to be in some movies too, Uncle Clint. Dad says I could. Let me show you some of the movies that I was in. You know, check this movie out. This movie's great. Hey, it's Christmas time. Watch this one. <laughs> and and it, come this, on, Clint, stop showing her those movies. You, you showed her worse. <laughs> and it should be noted. Do you think this is like this is not like entry level horror? Could you call this movie body horror? Oh yeah, and absolutely. Like, Especially when it goes everywhere all at once. And what La- did you later say? on to it, everywhere all at once at the North Pole. It's crazy because it's is... christmas and it's still set in christmas and it's screaming mad george right so it's weird christmas it's surrealistic christmas right it's orgy christmas we'll get into that later we're My still god we're well we can't really talk of the orgy scene without talking about clint howard but we're still on clint howard if that if we've never seen this movie and your interest hasn't been peaked now right nothing we say is gonna from here on end is going to interest your peak well, and it doesn't, and it doesn't stop with Clint Howard because Cavalcade. It, oh my Cavalcade. god, Cavalcade! I don't want to do the main girl yet. 
Okay. Oh, oh yeah. No, she now the main girl will will hold off on, but main girl special. Main girl's near and dear to my heart. Well, the one that always was kind of near and dear for me was I. I grew up. I grew up with Roger Moore. Oh yeah. As my as the. Yes. As, Roger Moore. As my Bond that I saw at least in the eighties. Now mm-hmm. Dalton's my favorite, but Moore is the one I kind of grew up with, and one of his films always made me giggle. Because you always just felt a little dirty saying it. Yeah, octopussy. Octopussy, right? <laughs> I can say it in class. Hey, guys, you want to come over and watch Octopussy? <laughs> Nobody can say shit because that's the name of the movie. It's legit. And in this film, we have Octopussy herself. Mm-hmm. Maude Adams. And then there's Maude. And what did we both see when we saw her name <laughs> in the credits? And, and then, then there's Maude. Because how can you not? Question. Did you do that when you watched it the first time by yourself? That's anytime fair. anybody named Maud, anytime anybody talks about Saint Maud, anytime <laughs> anything B. Arthur related, then there's Maud. Now another nice Rick Dalton moment, at least when I was watching it the first time, because he doesn't show up in the credits, but the one and only Reggie Bannister. Yes. Which plain just sleaze bag news a paper aw- editor. Awful uh, J. Joma Terribleson, just like some fucking terrible boss. The only thing that he would have redeemed him if he broke out his guitar. <laughs> Fucking Reggie Bannister. He was resisting the ponytail in this one, which I give him credit for. Because yeah. I have a feeling that's sometimes written into his his contract. Now, another, another nice moment, genius, is when Alice Beasley mm-hmm. as Janice. Fucking Alice Beasley! Which... For a certain generation of people, and again, some of you are going to go, I don't know her name. Now, if you don't know the name, you probably know the face. But if you don't know the face, that's okay, because another line in the age of demarcation for the people that listen. Right. I was always familiar with her from Moonlighting. Yes, the Secretary of Moonlighting. Yes. And she's always one of that. And she's still working to this day. So fucking she's still... It's all of the character actors in the background are working to this day. Like even later on, going back into some of the coven, um, one of the actor, um, Mara J Mara Jean Holden, mm-hmm. she is a frequent uh, carpenter collaborator. She was really, in, yeah, she was in vampires and in ghosts of Mars. Real Okay. That's scratching a particular itch for one Mount Baldy right mm-hmm. there. So she's over there working with Jason Statham. Right. But, Rounding out our lead as uh, of one Neef Hunter, who <laughs> the first time I saw that movie, I'm like, where do I know her from? I know that voice and I know that face and I know that hair, right? So upon my first ride of IMDb, I looked down I'm like, holy shit, she is. Her name, I think, is like Renee in the movie, but it never says anything. She, she is in Born in East L.A. Growing up, oh, I think every Mexican family owns a copy on DVD, VHS, any format there has been. <laughs> you own a copy of Born in East L.A. Like, I legit, my mom has a poster of it hanging in her house. Born in East L.A. is the shit. Because it's just it's great. So at the very beginning of Orton East LA, there's a scene where this girl is like in a skin tight, like Kelly Bundy outfit. Right. And she's walking down to LA and everybody's like, Woo, yeah, just hollering, hooting and hollering, and like there's jokes aplenty 
about like how hot she is. And then she winds up in Cheech's garage and Cheech rolls up. She looks down at Cheech because he's on one of those scooters. And the first line she says is, Duh! right? That was the funniest thing when I was like six years old in the movie theater seeing that movie. Because it was like, hey, it's a new Cheech movie. It's about Mexico. We like Mexico movies. <laughs> right? So like we went, duh, I cracked up. And from then on, I'm like, holy shit, it's the duh girl. And so from then on, I, Neve Hunter is a beautiful model turned actress, mm -hmm. done a whole bunch of other shit, bunch of Red Shoe Diaries. You know, bunch and, and some. Uh, uh, what was that? Silk stockings. Oh, so she's probably worked with the company then. Mm-hmm. But she's the duh girl. So from now on, if you kind of hear me refer to as duh girl, then that's who I'm talking about. <laughs> duh. Needless to say, pedigree mm -hmm. in front of the camera, behind the camera. So let's get to this genius. What the fuck? Where do we start on the weirdness? I, when that's just it, it's weird. And I think, again, that comes through Yuzna's influence and the fact that I think they deliberately wanted to go off course and just do something that's in their wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. They didn't necessarily conform to this pattern and Motif template. Of, yeah. Like, yeah, like we're not going to go, we're not going to make Halloween 2. We're going to make Halloween 3 and let's get real weird with it. This is their season of The Witch mm -hmm. and they get weird with it. And the opening scene with, and I will say this, they bookend this movie with some impressive stunt work, some impressive firework, like full burn. <laughs> but then also. Oh, the visual gag that gets to go along with it afterwards <laughs> is perfect, and it kind of gives you an idea of the tone of the film, but at the same time, it is, it's intense, it's dirty. We go from, again, Clint Howard as Ricky, Ricky in name only. Only, only. Yes. But see, it takes itself seriously with in everything around it, but it lets them play with the madness. Oh, yeah. Because Maud as FEMA is serious is a heart attack her coven is goofy but they're serious clint howard is ridiculous but he's, he's serious. serious duh is is off her nut but at the same time you feel so bad for her she is put through the goddamn ringer in this movie that's putting it politely genius <laughs> this is, is a this is a yuzna ringer and God. this is a screaming mad george ringer right and this, this is all weird sexual undertones and yeah there was sexual undertones in society especially at the end but that was more paranoia this is paranoia that was paranoia with a dash of sex and Lannister shit going on at the end. This one is sex and paranoia. So you're to say this is this movie and everything that goes in it is more tame than a shunting is is like the shunting is more is more tame. No, 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 no. Like for example, if you take the shunting and like evenly divide it out and spread it amongst the what the fuck scenes, <laughs> you know. I think by process of osmosis, just like just a nice six course dinner or yeah. meal versus just all at once. There's a lot of like, ew, how are they going to top that? Ew, how are they going to go? Where is that going? Oh, God, what's happening in this scene? Oh, I know he's not putting on that mask. Mm -hmm. What's he doing? with the? Ah, what's happening? So, you know what? 
it starts from the beginning when she goes to the bookstore and she's so touchy-feely. No, we didn't even talk about the gag at the beginning of it. We were talking about the fire gag. The oh. When she flies off and then boom, and then just burns. First of all, that was a good fire gag. But right before it, Clint Howard's picking up that ant oh. burger. That's a sign of things to come. Oh. He's just eating a, no cheese, man. And just throwing it on the thing. I'm eating it anyway. So. Bugs. So many bugs. Trigger warning if your phobia is Ooh. like roaches and bugs and shit because there are bugs going into places and coming out of places that they should not be. And these aren't regular bugs. These are giant size bugs. These are Screaming Mad George bugs. These are some of the bugs I'm pretty sure he had in use on the set of A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, The Dream Master. Had to have been. That, whole, have been. that whole gag with uh, her turning into the roach, that's his work. Right. And there are, there are big cockroaches that you see there in the Roach Motel. And she turns into a bug later on in the movie oh she turns into all violently she turns into so much weird shit I, and that's the thing <laughs> i mean first of all you open up with a hardcore sex scene and then like and normally you open up with sex scenes that are rolling around in bed no doug girl and her dick boyfriend are like fucking just gymnastics right i mean it's not 69, it's 19. There's like some shit going on in there. And they're flipping around and they're watching the hardcore sex on the motel sex channel. And this is this is not gritty New York in 70s. This is slimy LA in the 90s. Mm -hmm. la like there's, there's late 80s, early 90s. It. This is very slimy. I like gritty New York significantly more than slimy LA, but that's just personal preference. You're more East Coast in your grime than you yeah. are West Coast. Right, right. That's Ten. fair. <laughs> but so no um at the same time you're like this is a, even there's like sex motel was still filthy oh yeah no it's very dirty it's dank and it from the spontaneous combustion to the good stunt to clint howard to the sex scene you are going so far off course from anything you've experienced so far with Silent Night, Deadly Night. And we're still in the first five minutes. We have not gotten to the Coven of Witches, which is, again, why this would, the parallels to Halloween 3 season of The Witch are perfect. But this is a coven that is built around a bookstore, mm -hmm. a touchy-feely bookstore. A very touchy-feely bookstore. That's what, it, it, it shook me, and I was like, oh, I do remember that. And I, you know, I, listen. I will admit, I'm not as well-read as I used to be, genius, when I was... Did you go to a touchy-feely bookstore? I went to a lot of bookstores, but they were not touchy-feely. Okay. Because <laughs> that's fucking the bookstore in a bicycle shop. Like, what, what kind of... <laughs> well, it, it, like you mentioned, it kind of gave that you know, Senso-Vision feel from Kentucky right? Fried Movie. It's like, oh, stay... Written stay. feel around. <laughs> Stay away from, uh, no, it's not Bronte. It's uh, who's the more debauched? It would be a Desaad. Right? That's over by the bathrooms. That's You know it's bad when your bookstore has to have the beaded curtains. Exactly. exactly. My kind of bookstore. Mm -hmm. My kind of bookstore. But here, here's the thing. My kind of bookstore, too. But I don't know if like I would accept like sundries from said bookstore. Touchy-feely bookstore. Especially because like I've had dates. They're not my favorite. But, like, here, have a unripened date that we offer everybody in this community bowl. And it's just, like, that just sounds like dysentery ready to happen. <laughs> you know, and I know it's a fruit, but at the same time, it's just, like, gross. And so she's like, okay, cool. Spit out the seed. 
And then the madness begins. And then the madness oh, begins. We've yeah, the already true seen madness. We've already seen Clint Howard dig giant grub worms out of the uh, stovepipe. Right. Yep. We've seen people fall due to spontaneous combustion and leave the goofiest fucking chalk outline. It is so funny. I <laughs> was waiting for Frank Drebin to walk just by. It. It it's something out of the moment. Naked Gun. It was perfect. Any moment. And so. Then we Clint Howard comes around and he's just there all even at the bookstore he's all creeping on her and then you feel so bad for Doug Girl in the beginning because one her job sucks because oh, her yeah. the boss is demissive oh you just go back to classifieds the boyfriend's a dick because he's just using him for sex and manhandling her at every chance he gets my God the manhandling and it's not like fun groping and not saying there's fun groping but he's just like. I mean, open mouth kissing. He's being mauled in front of your in front of your parents' house. Right, and she's like, and she's like trying to work. We're here at work. And the one time he's like, she goes in for a peck. He's like, be professional. What's wrong with you? Come on now, ah, PDA. Right, and I'm like, dude, and stealing the. Now, in his defense, yes, the boss was the one that gave him the job instead of her, but he did not say, look. She really wants this. I kind of kind of give it to her, you know? So, yeah, fuck him. <laughs> I mean, basically, and here's the thing. So, I like nuance. This is a fuck all men scenario, and it worked because I was like, man, fuck all these guys. The only men that didn't, the only man, the only man in this movie that I didn't want to die was a little boy because yep. he didn't do anything. But I'm sure if we followed him a little bit longer, he would like, that kid's a dick. <laughs> He is a dick and he needs to go. And so there wasn't any, there wasn't a lot of nuance, but there was enough bug fuckery and weirdness to keep it like, okay, cool. I want to see where this is going. Where the all, not all men are evil because she was cool with uh, Ricky. Mm -hmm. Well, until he got in the way. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, Ricky, stop. (sighs) Okay. Because he was a creep from, habitual creep from the get continuously creeping and even when he wasn't creeping on Doug girl he was still a creep even in the general vicinity before he goes on the murder spree and we'll talk about the murder spree and the kidnapping later because there was some wonderful Clint Howard moments in the murder spree and kidnapping there's moments through this film that genuinely had me look over to you just as a reminder of like yeah this is this is enjoyable. This is what we're yeah. in for. She's over there yakking up with her spaghetti, her all-purpose spaghetti, because and it turns into a swirl and an eyeball and a bug haven. So many images in, built into the design of that apartment where there were faces. Yeah. And all they over. loved that. Yeah. This was very, and we'll come to the joke later, but this is very um, Ari Aster-ish where it's like there's a lot of things in the background and there's like you see like people watching her and mm-hmm. like, like things and faces and the, but then there's big obvious ones like the pulsating spaghetti the spaghetti that hand. turns into a hand and then the swirl pointing at the big giant practical bug which really got under your skin it was so lifelike it looked like forced perspective but knowing screaming mad george it wasn't it was a real giant fucking bug and i was just like ew you know i don't have a bug phobia but if i did (laughs) i would be shitting myself at that because that was just after she vomited up another bug okay and she pissed out another bug so my first official that scene 
that you could potentially uh, label in this movie via reputation is that initial initiation. When we get the bad tea, the bad date, we get, I don't know what happens with the bug. Oh, shit, when she brings out the bug and the bug, when he goes, okay, the bug goes inside her the and first you, time. And you see it traveling from her stomach, and you then you... And he kills that rat to oh, like give with the, the blood. Oh, my God. It's, Eat it, man. It's mm. awful, but there's... and I So I watched a little behind-the-scenes feature out of it. That whole sequence, when she's spitting it out, it's a four-cut gag. Where the first part where she where it initially comes out, they put this little um, thing on her tongue uh-huh. that she just spit it out a little bit. The second thing was this little thing that they she could inflate in her mouth so it would extend. Then it was like the fake head where the longer thing came out, and then right. finally they just had the, the little thing where she spit it. out. Yeah, that's but all that nuts. cut together. It looked really gross and real. It's you. Was it in Poltergeist Two? The the but yeah, he vomits the, the thing uh-huh. out. Kind of gave me that kind of feel, yeah. but it's just so unsettling. But then Ugh. insult to injury in Poltergeist Two, they didn't take that little uh, Zelda Rubenstein didn't grab that tequila monster, slice it in half, and bug cocky all <sighs> over her face. And then that happened. And again, we're looking at each other, and I not to say you weren't giggling a little, but but it's bug cocky, and it's a hundred percent ky dripping. It looks like bug hub. It, Jesus Christ! It's it's. Could you do that today? Yes, yes. Of course you <laughs> can. You did it back then. You can do it today. But at the same time, I mean, I'm, you know what? I'm sure if we go to that certain hub, there are people doing it all the time. Please but, don't go to that hub. We do not want to on that kind I'm of list. I'm saying you don't expect Clint Howard to bug cocky because he just straight up grabs that yak yep. bug, splits it in half, and just squirts the juice while she's like kind of sleeping and just squirt, 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 squirt. It's so gross. This this movie, I'm telling you. Like a lot like society and a lot like a lot of movies we've seen recently, this is gonna launch a lot of fetishes and a lot of phobias. Now, I'm normally like, okay, cool, I'm cool with that. But there's nothing in this movie that I'm cool with. <laughs> so the, there were some deal breakers the, in this the one. Touchy feely bookstore, yeah, I'm cool with that. That's not a deal breaker. <laughs> but anytime Clint Howard comes out, because that's the first weird sex initiation scene. That's not the only <gasps> oh, no. weird bug sex initiation scene. Yeah, we we have multiple that scenes yes. to get through. Genius. Yes, it's incredible. Yeah, no, like you said, later. they keep escalating. And when you think they can't top themselves, they continue to top themselves. Mm-hmm. And going into the second that scene, I would say, and this is one I think I had forgotten and put to the back of my mind for a reason, because when it kept unfolding, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is that scene. Well, this was right after she got uh, drugged at the uh, picnic. That that could be that scene. Right? That is such some weird, awkward sexual tension yet daughter motherly daughterly it's like <clears throat> if they're the coven of house lannister it, it veers into that territory it's super weird all the it's, while there's always bugs and clint howard creeping around in the background just like being, consistently just being buggy and creep and clint howard just a creepy shape mm-hmm. but then we get to this scene where we intensify the weird sexuality of the film where with tea and sprinkles first of all 
that whole pic- going back to the picnic and then that because that leads up to like oh come back to the place and we'll have tea right i do like i was saying it didn't it remind you like oh. in the criminal underworld with witches there are some crimes that are particularly heinous these are their stories bunk bunk right it had that feel because the next thing you know because she's consistently drugging her one at the bookstore with the dates then at the picnic with the wine and then when she comes over just like hey you're here she goes yeah i need some help i'm having weird fucking dreams and like this everything you're showing me the book is weird i'm having dreams of yakking up fucking bugs and shit every time you feed me so no here have this tea here let me put this in she doesn't even try to hide it nope. she doesn't even try to like oh let me put drink it drink it next thing you know she's like over there oh, yeah gosh. yeah how do, how do wow she wakes up in <laughs> she wakes up in a meat locker right Oh, that's not till later. Oh, that's not till later. Yeah, this that's is that's the yeah. Rocky one. Yeah. yeah, that where yeah we have, again we haven't escalated that far yet, genius. That's what's crazy. We're mixing up those scenes because oh, they go crazy. No, the scene that I'm talking about, the Willy Winky one. Yes, yes, that one because it started with giggles. It started with a lot of giggles. Because when what's his bucket comes out wearing his little half shirt, right? Because he she just had a rough ass day, right? She just fucking she just got butt cocky. This is later later on. She's oh, yeah, like, man, yeah. I just want to go home. This is all terrible. And she's upset because he's got like a key to the house. She just wanted she, some time alone, she, right? Because she's already he's already fucking up, and his family is a bunch of douchebags. Oh my god! Again, another society uh, oh, uh, alum there. The dad. God damn that dad. The dad. When she's like, he's Jewish, dad. Jesus Christ. <sighs> The woman's place is in, in the, the kitchen. It says in the Bible, even your people had the body. Like, dude, yeah, you need to die. Is- oh, my God. Why is all this bad shit happening to the dog girl? Meanwhile, you're floating around scot-free. So anyway, dog girl has a bad fucking day. She goes home and just wants time alone. What's the first thing that she walks into when she sees? She sees fucking her dick boyfriend sprawled out in the bed what can only be described as a cut off wee willy winkin nightgown where he cut it off just enough to cover the nether like uh, see anything you like no because you're wearing a nightgown the only thing you're missing is a long ass stocking cap fucking like i was telling you like sometimes i go to bed wearing like you know pajamas or sometimes i'll fucking wear like a, a, a t-shirt and underwear but it's not a fucking polo it's not the ones that go all the way down but then i cut it off from work look how much leg room i got look at look, look, look how much leg room i got and he's over there hey and she's like look i just want to be alone and he, she finally cries and he's like look just let it out and then he tries to diddle her and then next thing you know flips the script Oh, my God. Flipping the script is a nice way to say that, genius. She downright does some things and says some things in this script. She becomes the aggressor in the, like, if, again, in, in the criminal Santa Claus world, certain crimes are particularly heinous. This is one of them. Bum, bum. When she says, oh, I can quote you. I want to fuck you while you're sleeping. Yes. Holy shit. Holy shit. And she's forcing him down and like forcibly on like, yeah. And he's like, I kind of dig this, but I kind of don't. Right. And so he's like, "Uh." You you need a safe word with this act. But do we get a safe word? No, it escalates. Yeah. And how does it escalate? In walks Clint Howard. Oh, my does he join in? No. No, no not yet. 
Not yet. Yeah, weirdo. He doesn't have his time in the sun yet. No. Got to warm up for that genius. Doug girl is still going to town. Poor guy is like, <laughs> no, fuck him, dude. No, no, the poor guy. He's like, ah, okay, no. Clint Howard walks in, bursts in like he's the Kool-Aid man. They don't even notice. Fucking Doug girl's doing her thing. He sits down, turns at on the, the end of the bed. At the end of the that bed. That they're on. Turns on the TV, goes past the porno channel. Because, I mean, why would you watch porn when you got it right behind you? You know? Something to counter it. Exactly. He turns on, and what does he watch? No, he's watching Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. So this is continuing the long tradition Mm -hmm. of showing the previous movie. And it wasn't long before that I think I had mentioned. It's like, you know what's nice? We haven't seen any of the other films here recently. (laughs) But wait, there's more, right? It's it's in the contract. Santa Claus is like, hold my eggnog, right? (laughs) And so so we get, but fortunately it wasn't long. It wasn't like a full extent. It was just like one of those like, there it is. Right. And then he, he's over there jumping up and down in the bed, having a good time to the point where he's like, hey, keep it down back there. I'm watching TV and like, holy shit, what are you doing? And he's like, Santa Claus killer, man. Right. And first of all, I don't know. Like, I've been hot and heavy before. I've never been in, in that situation. With consenting him, adults. Right. Oh, hopefully. Hopefully. Right. But. If Clint Howard bursts in and starts like bouncing up and down in the bed excitedly watching TV, I'm going to kind of want to know what the fuck is going on before that happens. Before that happens. Because it wasn't like it was the other side of the room. No. Like the door grazed the bed. He sauntered through there at that point. Yeah, he did. It's it's ridiculous. And again, we're looking at each other like, God damn, is this happening? What are we watching at this point? And... And it this proceeds is, to a violent murder. And this is where the whole thing that started from Shudder that found its way into the main episode with no context. Here's the context. But what's great is it has your own genius spin. Right. Because, and I will say this again, I do think Clint Howard is giving a good performance in this role. He as Ricky. is, as a creep. He's very creepy, but he's also very matter of fact. And especially in this whole monologue that he's given to him, while stabbing and then finally the the piece de resistance don't fuck with me right so so he's over there it's a death by a thousand cuts oh my god but see here's the thing i don't think he wanted just to get luke away just to get duh girl and he's she's like come on duh girl like i won't hurt you let's just go we got things to do i think if if luke didn't strike first would have been okay. He would have been fine. He would just have been like, oh, shit. But, of course, he's going to have to defend himself. But he gets a steak knife, a fucking steak what? knife, right? Stabs the boyfriend and just starts like, oh, yeah, that hurt, man. And just starts slicing him with the steak Very knife. Very casual with it as well. His his heart rate didn't go above, like, you know, 120 or whatever it was. Meanwhile, but before that, before he started stabbing, when he's getting on the ground, he took a chunk out of his Achilles tendon. Ooh, he bites into that thing like it had, like, grenadine for his ice cream treats. Yeah, it did. It is not. <laughs> I had forgotten it. about it. Me too. Totally forgot about Me it. So too. it was nice having that reaction. Go, Jesus, God, help us. Right? And so Doug Girl's <laughs> running to the bathroom. Then all of a sudden he goes full on shitting and tries to break the door down with a steak knife, and he succeeds. 
he succeeds. Then he goes and cuts that dude a thousand times. Don't he says don't fuck with me, but I you know don't fuck with me, man. Constantly just, talking down to him, right? Just like that hurts. See what happens. See what happens. We start talking shit. See what happens, Reggie. Right? <laughs> just starts beating his ass with a steak knife. Picks up Doug girl. No, about to pick up Doug girl. She calls her friend. <laughs> yeah, it turns out moonlighting was moonlighting with the coven. Yep, comes and saves the day and fucking fixes the apartment and says, "Go with Ricky; he won't hurt you." She's the Winston Wolf. She fixes things, mm-hmm. and it's it's perfect. It's perfect. Now that being said, now we need another what the fuck scene. Let's get to that scene, genius. And this is the one where, god damn, you think. Poor Doug girl has been through, again, the ringer at this point. She has gone through some horrible, gnarly, nasty stuff. All sexual and all buggy and all slimy. How can it get worse? Oh, I, well, Brian Usna and Screaming Mad George said hold my... And Clint Howard, and Clint Howard. said hold our beer because, my goodness. It wouldn't be a witchy coven... Uh, thing without a lot of weird naked old people sex shit going on. <laughs> I, 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 I anticipate that. I expect that. And it delivers. Using it delivers. Again, a thousand phobias. <laughs> a thousand fetishes. Thank you, Clint Howard, because my goodness. So the next thing you know, Clint, they wake, they take Doug Girl to the coven. She wakes up in a this meat is, locker. Yeah, this is your meat locker, my friend. She wakes up in the meat locker. Here comes... <clears throat> Here comes all the coven. They come in. They take all of her clothes off. Mm-hmm. They kind of basically slime her up. They put her in this chair and they hold her down. In walks Clint Howard, buck-ass naked, with this Dicknokio mask <laughs> on. Right? It's It looks like something that was like maybe a test shot for Stanley Kubrick's you know, eyes wide shut that went off kilter. What's the password? orgy man <laughs> right coven orgy and so like and they are just leading him in it's a procession it's uh-huh. part of the initiation and the ritual uh-huh. and, and and we are bathed in that classic like pinkish reddish hue it's very very shunting it is again poor adrian very- right now is just Emmy's looking at him going, what's wrong with you, honey? He's scratching himself. He's ah! like, somewhere right now. He's, he's having that shit-in moment with Danny. He was like, <laughs> red rum. Oh, we got to find out what's shunting backwards. <laughs> Sorry, Adrian. So, no, so anyway, so uh, he, <laughs> next thing you know, he just starts going to town and poor dog girl's like, oh, help, 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 right? Meanwhile, they're rubbing him and they're pushing him along. An assortment of oils and and, and sorts of other things to get the meat locker stank out of there, too, because Clint Howard's got that Dick Nokio face going on. And they are rubbing on him. They are giving him, I think, Pushing him and shit, guiding him. I'm like, oh, my God, it's fucking Clint Somar, right? (laughs) It's... Horror. Where's the pink lemonade, man? <laughs> it's awful. It's, it's so bad. It's, it's haunting. It's and I mean, haunting. And listen, listen. And then I never knew I needed to see Clint Howard's old face. Oh, ah! <laughs> with his, with his, with his, with his, with his, with his weird Pinocchio, where he's like, yeah. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> Meanwhile, that old lady's in the back cheering and making him on, laughing. Oh. Doug girl screaming, because why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? I, I I couldn't scream at that point. My voice had left me from shock and awe. My God. 
My oh, God. Clint Howard's O face. Not Merry Christmas, everybody. A very Usna Christmas it was. Just like here, here you go. You never knew you needed this. You didn't. That's the fruit cake. That's the fruit cake of uh, the the Silent Night Deadly Night because it's a good movie because it's just wacky. But that's the scene that you're gonna say, man. Watch this. This is the society where you're like yep. people are gonna talk as soon as. Other people start getting a hold of like what fucking madness is this? We see it now. Look mm -hmm. at that Blu-ray they just released. Mm -hmm. But going back, Clint Howard's O face, and it gets worse. It gets worse because she wakes up and she wakes up in she comes She's out from this like weird birthing thing. Oh, we get a scene straight out of possession. Yes. In this. Exactly. Where she just goes to the wall and just goos out. It's just goos it's out. It's unsettling. It is disturbing. And she wakes up in a cocoon with her legs, it wrapped up, and then a la uh, Friday or Nightmare Four, when she turns into a bug, she starts rolling up and curling, and the sound and the look, oh, and it's oh, it's vile. She wakes up in a cicada cocoon. And then the butcher throws clothes on her and sends her on her merry way. Yeah. Well, you're a part of the club. Yep, gooba gobble. Right? And she's like, I never wanted this. And that's another thing. When the lady goes, oh, you wanted this the minute she walked in the door. I didn't say I wanted this. I didn't say, hey, let's nope. eat dates and, like, fucking get diddled by Clinton Howard and yak up bugs. That sounds like a ball. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Merry Christmas, man. Then we go, shit, we didn't even talk about Merry Christmas, man. When he goes and when the doctor gets to come up and on another cure, hell, you, your tradition is thin. There's only one more thing. You need to uh, bring us a sacrifice of what? Men. Men are stupid. Men need to die. And I'm like, well, that's there's my subtlety right there. <laughs> right? Because it started off slow with a Lilith mm -hmm. and then the whole rib analogy. Well, and, and at this point, we are veering so far off course of Silent Night, Deadly Night's trajectory, and we are getting so wild and weird I'm at this point going, are we going to get Stephen King approved up in this? Sure enough, because she's like, bring me the boy. Because she straight up wants a man's sacrifice. And yes. She's like, well, we already killed your boyfriend. Uh, he's got a brother, doesn't he? She's like 12. No, yeah, that's fine. Bring the boy. Yes, bring us the boy. And that old crony. Yes, bring us the boy. It's like veal to them, I think. Right. Well, and then this leads actually, though, to a great little van door scene that is equal parts terrifying and impressive for how it was shot, but was kind of scary in a way as well. The Clint Howard home invasion? Yes. Where he comes in, fucking beats the mom to death, and then it's basically the chokes, <laughs> gets the tape and tapes her up, chokes chokes out the, the, society, uh, the dad, the society, society dad psych, with yeah. Christmas lights. After saying Merry Christmas, I'm like, okay, cool, there's a Christmas killing there right it there. it is. Because nobody's died. Exactly. The only people who've died died via Christmassy. They blow up the fucking house, catch it on fire. And I felt so bad because, like, the boy's like, man, I wish my brother was here for Christmas. And meanwhile, the brother's hanging on the meat hook in the dental room. Very, very. Do, do you think the Cenobites are uh, part of the coven? They, oh, they're hell actually, yeah. They go to the bookstore. We got such sights to show you. <laughs> Angels to some, Clint Howard to others, right? And so... <laughs> And so, you you open the box. We came. Merry Christmas. <laughs> See now, I just now I'm like, do we go through the whole? You know, don't. don't. Can you imagine Clint Howard? Just picture Clint Howard as Pinhead with that big fucking dome of his. How many fucking big ass pins he's got running around like? 
<laughs> Don't cry. That's just a waste of good suffering. Come on now. Perk up. Chains are shooting out. Fucking bugs are everywhere. Oh, Christ <laughs> almighty. <laughs> so anyway, no. So fucking Clint Howard comes in, fucking chucks him out. Boy's trying to escape. He feels so bad. Where's my brother? I just want to see my brother. There's his girlfriend. Again, rule number one. I don't care how attractive the, the person is. Don't get into that kind of a van with anyone. This is straight up windowless dental van. It's, right? Especially when Clint Howard's the one behind the door. Right? And so behind speaking behind the door, he tries to make his escape. Right? He opens the door. And as soon as he opens the door, Clint Howard runs into the van and slams the kid across the side of the van. Like, let's go, right? You know what it reminded me of? Fucking Matthias Hughes running out of the explosion. Exactly. It was like an unintentional jump scare because I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's terrifying. (laughs) Because Clint Howard jumping into your car? Oh, my God. I'm just glad this movie wasn't in 3D. Can you imagine if we wanted to put it in 3D and feel a Rama? All the, like, we'd have to put, like, KY in the sprinklers. Just the slime and just, like, ah! Like, 50-foot Clint Howard in your face showing you bugs, giant-ass bugs. No, thank you. No, thank you. And then that's how he dies. So then they kidnap the boy. They're still, they're straight up going to Kali Ma's ass, right? Yep. And they're all excited. Yes, kill the boy. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not going to kill this boy. She winds up stabbing, spoilers, stabbing the uh, the old lady or the, the, the uh, old lady, uh, Maude, but what then stabs Maude. What but, did she stab her with? Well, no. Before, oh, yeah, the first stab. Before that's with right, the dagger. That's okay. A regular stab. A you're regular right, yeah. stab. Nothing, regular nothing. stab. Maude shrugs it off because she's the, the grand high witch, right? Winds up like she's going to kill Doug girl. Poor Doug girl. <laughs> All Doug fucking girl. day. Merry Christmas. <laughs> she's another Phoebe Cates, man. Yeah, she is. She's yeah, another she is. Phoebe Cates. She hates Christmas. So anyway... Clint Howard's like, hey, don't hurt her, man, right? St- gets stabbed. He not only just gets stabbed, but she fucking full-on Candyman, growing a gullet, just slices oh, his gnarly. ass. And then tosses him into this, like, pit of giant grub worms. And they just, like, fucking termite his ass. Him, yep. Man. Then she's using her, like, shin powers to make Doug Girl burn up from the waist down, right? And so... <laughs> apparently another power that she has is to give you hot dog fingers from everywhere all at once the cronenberg hot dog fingers so she gets full on everywhere all at once existence into daisians and she like makes her finger into this weird like blunt object and she stabs the weird uh, coven leader in the chest with her fingers Fingers hurt to death. Give a finger, right? Right? And I'm like, well, careful what you wish for, right? And so... And then what do we get? She catches up in fire. Fire again. Fire again and jumps off the thing. And then we got another funny outline. Well, I hope it would be hilarious if they had a whole bunch and they kind of strategically play so it looks like one of those paper dolls that you cut out, right? And then just cut it along the sidewalk. Didn't have the budget for it, sadly. The next thing you know, like, and right in the middle of it, there's a hopscotch thing, <laughs> and keep on going. There's like, a, like a different animals, that's, just different foot. That's how urban legends begin, man. Because when you're hopscotch and everything, you got to be singing a song. They'll mm-hmm. be singing about the burnt up witches. Yep. And 
That's your movie. Ends. Boom. In and out in under 90 minutes. So many WTF scenes in this genius. Madness. Madness. And you know what? No spoilers, but I think this might be my favorite uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night aside from part one. I mean, I think we'll we'll have to have a discussion of our ranking of the series since we've pretty gone in depth with this. Uh, should be noted, we uh, did release a Patreon exclusive Silent Night, Deadly Night commentary. Mm. Uh, Jacob, Hard-ish. you can definitely check that one out. Uh, no, anything else that we didn't hit on your list there, Genius McGee? Uh, let's see. Clinton Howard fed the bugs. Death by Emolition being Fiery, fiery, flaming Cronenberg finger of death. Um, we willy winky sex scene. No, I think we got it all. I, you, you can't get it all with this movie. In fact, I think using it tried. What? Here's the great. Here's the best part though. It's technically now part of our holiday Christmas tradition. We started it last December. We continued it this December. And you know what? I can probably guarantee goddamn tea. We're going to try to introduce it to someone next. Is, is this it's going to be a Christmas of the Nerds at some point in time. Yes, it will. At some Mark point in time. Mark it on the calendar. At some yes. point. Maybe not 2023. Maybe not 2024. But it's definitely going to be in there. You're it's gonna, out there. Yeah. Don't fuck with us, man. <laughs> so next week, uh, we're going to continue. And here's what's crazy. We talk about how they're going different directions here. We're definitely going another. We're going another. Totally another different direction. And we're going to probably have a few that scenes. And mm-hmm. I guarantee there's one that scene that we're going to be talking about. We're going to have a Christmas, one of the Christmas stars. The biggest Christmas star in the world. Bang, zoom, the world. So until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Dear Santa, all I want is to get that image of Clint Howard's O-Face out of my mind. Oh.